chapter 22. Book of Genesis in chapter 22. Appreciate the song by Miss Elfie this morning. Beautiful song that, that tells us a beautiful message. It, it begins in saying, in times like this we need. And that last verse always gets me because it says, in times like this we have. Amen. And, and if, it, if it ever could have been said, then, then the year 2021 is, is considered to be in times like these. In times like these, we don't know. Don't get me wrong, 2021 has been my favorite year so far. But in times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. In times like these, we need a God that will provide. We need a God that will take care of us. We need the God that saved us. Genesis in chapter 22. We're going to begin in verse number 7. The book of Genesis chapter 22, verse number 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father... And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together this morning in your house. God, to worship you, to sing praises. God, as we come to the time of reading your word, God, help us so we could open our hearts. God, that we would allow you to speak to us this morning through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, help us that we would, uh, that God, that we could have receptive hearts. God, that we would be willing and able to, to be the disciple, the Christian that you call us to be, the witness that you call us to be. God, help us so we could be encouraged this morning by your word. God, that we could, that we could remember that in times like these, we have a God that provides. In times like these, that we have a Savior that's still intercessing for us. That we have a God that still takes care of us. God, help us this morning that we could learn, that we could depend upon you more. God, be with those that's interested in our prayers. Most of all, they be a lost one among us this morning. And this could be the day, this could be the hour, God, that they could turn and accept Christ as their Savior. God, that they could believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died for their sins and they could be saved before it be everlasting too late. Be with all those all our duty to pray for. Forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. We all know the story. I'm not going to go back and read the whole thing. Abraham and Isaac got up early. God set up in verse number 1. He came to Abraham. Abraham said, Behold, here am I. He said, God, I'm ready to listen to you. God gave him specific instructions. He told him to go and, and to offer his son, his only son. He said, Whom thou lovest as a sacrifice unto me. Did Abraham hesitate? Did Abraham slow down? Did Abraham stop it? We, we say that, that I want the faith of Abraham. This is how Abraham became that person. This is how Abraham became the, the one that people want the faith like. He didn't question God. He, he didn't think twice about God. He had faith enough to know that God wasn't going to take his only son that he had promised from him without, without providing for him, without taking care of him. That, that God wouldn't do something to Abraham that would be detrimental to himself. God had promised to take care of Abraham. God had promised to multiply Abraham. And here Abraham knew it. And he knew it and he believed it so much that him and Isaac struck out. It said that they got up early in the morning. And as they went, Isaac began to notice some things. Isaac said, Daddy, we got the wood. Isaac said, Daddy, we got the fire. He said, but we ain't got no sacrifice. Paraphrasing here. He said, we don't have a sacrifice. And the next phrase that Abraham used shows the, the immense faith that he maintained in God through the whole, the whole process. Through his whole life, he said, he said, God will provide himself 
He said, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. God will provide. They were taking everything else with them. Abraham was following the instructions that God gave him specifically. He never questioned it. God didn't tell him to bring a, a lamb. That God didn't tell him to bring something other than his son, the wood and the fire. I don't think Abraham ever thought in the back of his mind that, well, maybe I ought to drag a lamb just in case. I don't think that crossed his mind. In times like these, God will provide for us. In times like these, God provided for Abraham. The, the Bible says that God will provide himself a sacrifice. This morning, I want to look at, at two sides of this statement. I want to look at our provider, who is God. And then I want to look at the provisions that he made through his son, Jesus Christ, for each and every one of us. This morning, we have a God that provides for us, and the first thing that he provides to us is his infinite wisdom. And whenever you use the word infinite, I'm going to use it here a couple of more times. It don't have a beginning, and it don't have an end. In school, we, we were supposed to play with imaginary numbers and, and in calculus, it, it gets complicated because you're using numbers that really don't exist. And you're using numbers like the, the pie that just goes on forever and ever and ever. And so whenever it begins to do that, we, we use a little sideways eight. It means infinity. It, it don't slow down. It don't stop. It, it don't check up. And not only does it keep going, but unlike numbers, God keeps going in both directions. God's wisdom keeps going in both directions. You can't see where it started. Because it's always been. You can't see where it's, where it's going to end, where it stops. Because it always keeps going. I have a ceiling where my knowledge can go no higher. A lot of times I hit that ceiling whenever I figure out that I'm not as smart as I thought I was. This morning in Sunday school we talked about our, our, our self and our pride getting in front of us. And then we always try to control the situation. We, had, we can depend upon God whenever we realize that we ain't in control. We're not. We're, we never have been and we ne never will be. If we fooled ourselves into thinking so, then shame on us. God is in control. And through his infinite wisdom, he will provide for us. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 8, For your father knoweth what things you have you of. He said, before you ask of him. This is right before Jesus showed, and, and we call it the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And he said, before you, before you even pray, God knows what you need. Does God know what we need this morning? God knows it all. We don't have to open our mouth. We don't have to look up. We don't have to look down. God knows what we need. But the Bible says over and over and over again that he'll provide for us if we ask. The Bible says you receive not because you ask not. The Bible says you receive not because you ask amiss. The Bible never says that God can't provide for us. The Bible never says that God won't take care of us. The Bible never says that God can't take care of us. Matter of fact, it says the opposite over and over again. God knows what we need before we know we need it. God knows, what, God knows the answer before we even knew we had a problem. But the thing is, we don't depend on him enough for it. We don't believe. I say it like it is. We don't believe that he has the answer before we have a problem. If we did, then we would depend on Him more. If we did, we wouldn't stress about things that, that God said, come unto me, take my yoke upon you. He said, share our burden with Him. Share our problems with Him. And He will take care of us. He will provide us. There's, there's not a book that's ever been written, ever, 
on the planet that can contain an, an inkling of the knowledge of God, yet we depend on books. There's not a person that's ever lived that can even begin to comprehend anything about an almighty, all-knowing God, yet we depend upon people before we depend upon God. Anybody ever entered into a situation? A man told me one time, he said, well, I've, I've done everything I can do. I, I've, I've done this, and, and he was having some health problems. He said, I've, I've went to a, these, these holistic people that, that treat things with plants and herbs. and I've went to the doctors, and they did surgery, and that didn't help. And, and I've taken this, and I've taken that, and I've done that. I even did essential oils. He said, it didn't touch it. He said, I've done everything else I can do. He said, now I'm going to pray. Tell me if that ain't just a little bit backwards. Right. We had a conversation later. He said, you know what? And he ended up, God straightened everything out for him. He said, you know what? He said, I should have prayed beforehand. It would have saved me an awful lot of pain. It would have saved me an awful lot of money. But he said, then I wouldn't have got the lesson in faith. I wouldn't have got the lesson in dependence. I wouldn't have got the lesson in the fact that I cannot control things in my life. They told us that whenever we had the baby that we might as well go ahead and sleep beforehand. We might as well not even think about uh, going out and eating anymore. Go ahead and get that over with beforehand. It's, it's going to be taken down for a little while. The nurse came in and told us. She said, uh, "She said you're, you're on her schedule now. We're on her schedule now. The reality of it is, is we're all on God's schedule and we don't realize it. I, I tried to fight it and I tried to argue and and I slept smooth through the first time she cried. Got in trouble for that one. Don't do that no more. But whenever she cries, we, we, we go to her. Whenever she sleeps, we close our eyes because we're on her schedule. But whenever God tells us to go, whenever God tells us to stand, whenever God asks us to be a light for Him, we drag our feet. And we, we, we stumble and we step and and like was mentioned this morning in Sunday school, we, we sit straddle that fence alone that we have trouble having this kind of faith in God. Abraham said God will provide. At any point in time in his life, did God not provide for Abraham? At any point in time in his life, did God not provide for Isaac? I can't find it anywhere. At any point in time in our life, has God not provided for us? I'm not saying that everything's going to be rosy. Don't work that way. God says that if we serve Him, that we will endure. That we will suffer. That things won't always go our way. Amen. But He says something else, and it is a verse that is very, very often taken out of context. My father-in-law brought it up last night. He said, For I can do all things through, through God, which gives me strength. And he was reading from a different Bible. And, and it said, uh, and, and the quotation was uh, from verses always taken out of context. The Bible says that, that God will take care of us, that God will provide us, for I can do all things with, through Christ which strengtheneth me. But we have to let Him. We have to let Him. One of my dad's favorite verses, and my grandpa's as well, was that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. But the, the, the thing about that verse is taken out of context too. All things work together for good. They're not always good. God will provide for us even if it's not always in the way that we think He will. Amen. And all things work together for good for them that love the Lord. 
That love don't slow down. That love don't stop. That love don't stutter. That, that love don't hesitate. If we're going to love God, we have to love God. He is committed, and we're going to get to that in a minute. God is committed to us. He committed to us everything. He sent us His Son. He sent His Holy Spirit to comfort us, to guide us through His Word. And yet we have difficulty giving Him a few hours a day. We have difficulty giving Him a few minutes in the morning and the evening. We don't want to be embarrassed to pray before a meal. God gave us everything. In addition to his infinite mercy, and we're going to use that word infinite one more time, excuse me, wisdom. He also gives us and promises us infinite mercy and grace. That is a promise from God. He has promised to take care of us. He has promised to have mercy on us. And he has promised us grace throughout our life. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Malachi in chapter 3. And while you're turning, I'm going to read from Isaiah in chapter 59. Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, though it cannot save. Neither is his ear, excuse me, ear, heavy, that it cannot hear. God is always listening. God is always paying attention. And in Malachi, right before you get to Matthew, Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10, the Bible says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there but should be no room enough to receive it. That there should be no room enough to receive it. The Bible says that, that we can't even comprehend what God can do for us. But here in Malachi, he said we have to do something first. He said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. Do we give to God? This may use the word tithes, but this is so much more than a dollar. This is time. This is our mind. This is our efforts. This is how much do we prioritize God in our life. Because if we put Him first, then He said He'll pour out blessings that there won't be room enough to receive it. God performs miracles in our life. I'm not sure if you knew that. I'm not being sarcastic. He does. God performs miracles in our life. I believe it a little bit more today than I did last week. But God performs miracles. He's performed them in this church. He performs miracles even whenever we don't see it, whenever we don't recognize it, but we have to give our time to God. We have to give to God. And He has promised us mercy and grace. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Romans in chapter 8. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God will supply all your need according to His riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. The first thing that God ever provided for us outside of life was His Son, who came and died for us before we, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. It's the first thing that God gave to us, and it was everything that He had. And if we believe and trust in Him, Philippians says that, that my God, that our God, the God that we serve, our Father, shall supply. That next word is all. Your need. And in Romans in chapter 8, verse number 32, Romans chapter 8, verse number 32, it says that he spared not his own son. I understand that verse a little bit better, a little bit clearer now too. He spared not his own son. His only son. For us. For me and for you. God provided everything. God provided his own sacrifice for our sin. 
God provided His home substitute to taste hell for us, for me and for you. He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? God gave us the most precious thing to His heart. God gave us His only Son. How then will He keep anything back from us? If we love Him as much as He loved us, God will take care of us. God will provide for us. God will protect us. God will have mercy on us. God will provide us things through His grace that we can't even imagine, that we can't wrap our head around that. I'll be honest with you, that we can't believe. God will be so good to us that we will have a hard time believing it. You ever had those types of situations? For several hours, Thursday afternoon, my wife was kind of scared. I told her I wasn't. I was She'd had some complications and the doctor was taking care of her. And through the night, Thursday night, and into the early morning hours, Friday morning, still didn't know. And I was laughing and making jokes, and one of the nurses mentioned, she said, You know, this is serious. So I, I stepped out in the hall and, and I told her, I said, Yeah. So is my God. He, he, he'll, he'll take care of her, he'll protect her. Mama was talking to her, I don't remember if it was Thursday night or Sunday morning. My, my brother went through pretty much the same thing. And in the book of Ezekiel, there's a verse that's it's called the blood verse. And God stopped the bleeding. God performs miracles in our life if we believe Him and trust Him enough to let Him do so. If we love Him enough to allow Him to love us back just as much. He already proved that He did. God is our provider. Book of John in chapter 3, verse number 16 is one of the most quoted verses in the Bible. And that is the first thing that God provided us is stated here in verse number 32. For God so loved the world, that is us, that He gave, that He provided. The first thing that God provided for us as our provider, He, he, created, a, he created redemption through Jesus Christ. That is the first thing that He provided for us. That is the most important thing that He has ever given to us was redemption for our sins. Because I couldn't earn it. I couldn't work for it. I couldn't buy it. I couldn't sweet talk my way into it. I couldn't live enough. I couldn't be selfless enough. Because the Bible says that if you keep all the law and offend one part, He said you broke it all. And ain't nary one of us that's perfect. Ever. On the earth. And so we had to miss hell. We had to have a, a redeemer, and we sing we sing songs about him. My redeemer liveth. He said that God sent His Son into this world for me and for you. He sent His only begotten Son for me and for you. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners, while we were unlovable. He died for us. Turn with me if you would to the Book of John in chapter fourteen. Book of John in chapter 14. Jesus is not the only thing that God sent to us. God promised to provide for His children. God promised to take care of us once we believed in Jesus Christ. And one way He is doing that is, is through a comforter. A comforter that brings peace. A comforter that brings guidance. A comforter that brings joy. A Holy Spirit that lives within each and every one of us that are saved by grace. 
And in John in chapter 14, verse number 16, John chapter 14, verse number 16, words of Jesus, he said, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you. Here we go. I, I love this part. He said that he may abide with you forever. Forever. This don't stop. This don't slow down. This, this don't have borders. It's not in a box. It's, it's not dependent upon us. If we are saved by the grace of God, then, then that comfort is within us and will abide with us forever. Jesus said that. Forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth within you and shall be within you. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. As part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit lives within each and every one of us to save. And whenever we need it, God said, God said he's there. Amen. Whenever we need comfort, whenever we need joy, peace, whenever we need guidance, God is there. The Comforter is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Anybody ever been driving down the road and your wife's giving you directions and you decide to ignore her? I'm not the only one, I promise. Anybody ever been driving down the road in Siri or your cell phone tell you to make a right and you decide, no, I, I can't, no, I'm not going that way. We, we ignore cell phones too. We can ignore the Holy Spirit. The consequences are the same for ignoring your wife. You get in trouble. We can ignore the Holy Spirit. We can choose instead of making a right. We can choose to make a left and we can get ourselves in trouble. But that don't disconnect us from the Holy Spirit. That quenches the Spirit. It hurts God because we refuse to listen. But that does not disconnect us from the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit will abide with us forever. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I won't leave you without help. I won't leave you without reassurance. I won't leave you without peace. And he didn't. So as a provider, God gave us redemption through Jesus. He gave us comfort through the Holy Spirit. And if you'll turn with me, if you would, to, to 2 Timothy in chapter 3. He gave us one more thing. We're going to read it. Book of 2 Timothy in chapter 3. God gave us guidance through his word. God gave us the instruction manual to life. We was pulling in the driveway uh, last night or yesterday afternoon, probably 4, 35 o'clock. Pulling in the driveway, Emily said, you know, I forgot to get the instruction manual. <laughs> they have all kind of guides and you can find them on Amazon and eBay. Building a tree house for dummies. Electrical engineering for dummies. They're yellow books, looks like a notebook, piece of paper at the front. You can find a nearby everything for dummies. And they break it down into to words that, that you and I can understand or that I can understand. I'm not calling you a dummy. But they break it down in things that we can understand. God gave us the book for everybody. For smart people. For dumb people. For proud people. For humble people. And the Holy Spirit breaks it down for us. The guidance is His word. Brother Fred said this morning during Sunday school, he said, spiritually written and spiritually discerned. The lost world don't have the Spirit to guide them in this Word. To interpret for them the, the words of God, to, to put on their heart, to call to their remembrance the words of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15. It says from a 
child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, which is profitable, here we go, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Immediately following that sentence, there's a colon. I've explained it a couple of times, and, and I'm not an English major, but a colon means that there's an explanation coming. Whenever you used to write vocabulary words, you would put a predicate, and then you put a colon, and then you would explain what a predicate was. The next verse explains what that verse means. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Verse number 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Thoroughly furnished means got everything. You walk into a thoroughly furnished refrigerator and you can come up with something you want to eat and it's going to be ingredients in there to cook it. You can walk into a thoroughly furnished house and everything that you need to live in there is going to be there. Is our heart thoroughly furnished with the things of God? Are we thoroughly furnished? Ms. Jane said the kids was learning the, the fruit of the Spirit and on Wednesday nights the adults are studying the fruit of the Spirit as well. And whenever we begin to study the fruit of the Spirit, do we have the fruit of the Spirit? Is, is our life bearing that fruit? The last two Wednesday nights we have studied joy and love. And does our spiritual life exemplify that? Do people, are people able to see joy in our life? Are people able to see Christian love in our life? Because if not, we're not thoroughly furnished yet. I learned the last couple of weeks that, that, that one I'm missing in a bad way is patience. I missed it completely. If at any point we think that we are thoroughly furnished, then we are perfect. We have reached it. We no longer need God. Whenever we reach that perfection, then, then we're done. We don't need God anymore. Until then, we have work to do. And that is through His Word. Turn with me for the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, and we're going to close. Book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. God provided us guidance through His Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 12, He says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God. It is different. We're no longer semi-intelligent animals. I heard a man say one time, he said, As a lost person, you're an animal. As a saved person, you're a semi-intelligent trained animal, but you can still go back to being an animal. You have to want to follow God. You have to want to. <coughs> Verse number 12, We have received, as saved people, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God, that we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth concerning Spiritual things with spiritual. God gave us the word, but in ourselves we, we we can't we can't interpret it. We can't discern it. We can't read it. We can't understand it. That comes through the Holy Spirit. That comes through the Holy Ghost. That comes with God. Each and everything in our life comes with God, comes through God. And whenever we can understand that God is our provider, that God will take care of us, that in times like these, God said, depend on me. We'll be happier people. Whenever we understand that, in, that God said in times like these, I will provide for you. And we'll be able to have that joy every day, regardless of what 2021 throws at us. 
God provided us redemption through Jesus Christ. And if you're here and unsaved this morning, God said He'll provide for you and He has. But the Savior is as far as He's going for you. Because if you won't love Him, if, if you won't give your life to Him, if you won't believe in Him, then hell is where you'll lift your eyes. God provided His Son, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to finish. I left a John 3.16 half quoted. He said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He gave Him to us. The other half of that is strictly up to you. God finished His part. Completely and totally. He said, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, you and I, anybody on this earth, believeth. That's the kicker. If you're hearing unsaved this morning, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for your sins, God, for Jesus' sake, will save you. If you believe that He is your Savior, that He conquered death, that He conquered hell, that He rose again from the grave, then God will save you. But you've got to believe it. You've got to believe it. And the Lord will provide. Oh, I have a verse of a song. <coughs>